You know, it's, um, I was in Florida uh, many years ago, and uh, we, went, uh, we went to, me and my family went to Dreamworld. Is it Dreamworld? Disney World. Disney World. And, uh, <clears throat> and as we were in, in Disney World, um, we, we, went very, we tried to go light because it was a big day. There was a lot of people. And so we really wanted to uh, be able to travel light and just get around as many of the rides as we could and, um, you know, have as much fun and, and get the most of our, out of our money. And also, uh, we, we, we just wanted to, you know, we only had three little kids in. I think uh, Zach was about five or six. And, yeah, it's hard to imagine. Yeah. And um, Eliza wasn't even born. And so you can kind of get a feeling it was quite a few years ago. And, but we didn't want to take really anything just so that we could really run from one ride to the next, you know. <laughs> Drag the kids along. Run quick. Next ride. Because the lines are quite big. And you've only got a day to get through uh, uh, Disney World. Anyway, we, I just took a backpack. And uh, the backpack uh, had um, my, our food in it. Oh, a little bit of food, not much really. And some water and, and my wallet. And uh, we were standing in this line, and for some reason, being in America, I'm not sure, but I was always real conscious of my wallet. Um, and <laughs> and it's a bit like people that come to church here and they leave their bags around. They say, oh, my bag will be all right sitting there, will it? And I go, no. And uh, they go, well, we're in a church. I'm like, yeah, sinners come to church. Um, <laughs> and then when they get it stolen, they wonder why it got stolen. And uh, But anyway, for some reason, being in America, I always got real conscious of my wallet, even though I didn't have much in it, and, uh, and so I got this backpack on, I'm, I'm standing in this line, and uh, the line's pretty long, and it's pretty crowded, and uh, we're standing for a while, and uh, there's these, uh, I think, I'm not sure what country they, they're from, they were, uh, I think, South American, and um, they, they were behind me, but, but it just it was a bit tight in the line, a bit pushy in the line. And anyway, as I'm, I'm standing there, I'm, I'm feeling kind of like someone's breaking into my backpack, you know, getting this real feeling. So I, I quickly turn around and I look at this lady and I go, what are you doing? And she's like, Wah! she can't speak English, I think. You know what I mean? She's like, like you're trying to break into my backpack and get my wallet, right? <laughs> and uh, she's like buzzing out, you know, and she's kind of speaking to me in another language. And I'm just going off at her. And, um, yeah, so then you know, I just turned around and kept my bag in front of me. And so it was a pretty interesting experience. I'm not sure it was just my mind playing games with me or she was really breaking into my bag. I'm not really sure. But uh, I was just always on guard uh, in regards to the whole kind of being in America and, and uh, having my wallet stolen. It was mostly because about kind of 10 years, or not 10, yeah, maybe 10 years before that, when I was about 17 or 18, uh, a, a friend of mine, his parents went to America, and he had his wallet stolen in McDonald's when he was sitting down, and so he told me that story, and for some reason, as I'm in America, everywhere I'm going, I'm thinking, be careful of your wallet, be careful of your wallet, and, uh, but you know, we're, the things we, we love, we were always... I don't know if you know this, but we're always very protective of the things we love. I, I like it how, um, for, our, for our cards these days, our ATM numbers and all that kind of stuff, and, and uh, you know, our, our internet and our, uh, our uh, net bank or computer banking and all that, there's all these passwords, ATM numbers. I mean, just to protect something that, that really our world lives in, that's our money. And so there's a high value on money. And so there's a high value on protecting uh, others from, from uh, fraudulent behavior. So uh, we have all these numbers. And the problem that, that becomes is, I don't know about you, but you get so many numbers and passwords and that you forget. You know, I mean, I, I don't know if you're like me, but I can't remember all my numbers. It just gets too hard, all my passwords. And it's like the more you go on. But, but there, there's something there to protect the thing that, that, that we cherish the most. And unfortunately, is money, and um, so there's that, that. That's a big thing in our, our society, our community. We we guard against 
theft or we guard against fraud. In our own homes, we, we have insurance and we have, uh, you know, we lock our doors like, you know, we got, you know, it's like the more padlocks you have on your windows and doors, the more they'll insure you. And, uh, you know, and so when they want to insure you, they say, well, do you have a deadlock? Do you have this lock? Do you have bars on your window? Do you have these kind of screens? I'm like, man, that's why I'm getting insurance. So when someone breaks into my house, therefore you'll kind of protect me. But they're like, well, it'll be less if you have all this stuff on your house. You know what I mean? If you go and pay for deadlocks and, and all these screens and, and normal locks. And, and I'm like, man, just buy a dog. Buy a dog. You know what I mean? The dog's just got to bark and, and people run away. I don't know about you, but I've heard many a thief say that the best insurance you could get is a dog. And um, so I have a dog. I have a little dog that's about that big. And, uh, and, and he, he's the best guard dog, let me tell you. I would rather have him than, you know, like we, have, we had a staffie for years. And, and the staffie would not do a thing. The staff, someone would come and the staffie would run up to them in the dark. They wouldn't see. But he'd run up to them in the dark. He wouldn't bark. He would just bowl them over and lick them, you know. Whereas this little other thing, you know, it goes crazy. It, 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 it kind of goes so crazy that we have to tell it to shut up. And so, you know, and people most surely think, well, there's a big guard dog down there. You know, and he's going, dap, 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 dap. And, and, but, the, you know, the, 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 the great thing is that that little dog taught our staffy how to bark. <laughs> our, our staffy never barked. And then one day we're like, the, the, someone came and the, the staffy's going, rah, rah, rah. We're like, wow, that thing barks, you know? Be, all because of this little kind of chihuahua or whatever we call this beautiful dog. And, and so, but, but, you know, that's our insurance in some ways. That's how we kind of protect our house. Hey, guys, wait. Great, you could join us. And, um, and that's how we protect we protect, in some ways, us knowing that, that someone's coming and, and that they're going to, uh, they're going to be coming down, down the thing. You know, I don't know about you, but there's a lot of things we protect. We, we guard against, you know. We, we kind of make sure we're insured here. We have padlocks here. We have ATM card pins so that no, no one kind of can see them. And, and um, you know, we, you know we, we make sure that when we're at ATM, no one's looking over our shoulders so that they can't see our ATM number and, and, and things like that. And so there's all these things that, that, that kind of protect us and, and, and we, we guard against. You know, for some of us, we, we love to go in the sun, but we just got to be careful that we don't get too burnt. So we put the sunscreen on so that we don't get melanoma. God puts a, a high goal on us guarding ourselves. He, he actually says that... Uh, we're to guard our heart above anything else. We're to guard our heart because uh, it determines the direction of our lives. It determines the direction of, of where we're going and what's going to happen. And the scriptures are an interesting place to where one can guard their heart and to know how to guard your heart. See, some people would even know the Word of God says that, that your heart is so deceptive, your heart is so deceitful that not even you can understand your own heart. And so the scriptures give us a, 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 a workbook or a, a, an insurance in some way so that we can read our own heart. See, how do you know if your heart is evil or not? How do you know that you're actually doing the right thing? You think you're doing the right thing. But are you really doing the right thing? You think that the way you live and the way you think and your actions are okay. But for some reason, your parents don't like it. But hey, I feel that what I'm doing with my life, mum and dad, is fine. But mum and dad think, no, you know what? What you're doing with your life does not fit into the lifestyle of our home. So you're saying it's okay. But others are saying it's not okay. So how do you know if what you're doing is really right? If what you're doing is right or wrong? Because the scriptures teach that your heart is so deceitful, think about this, that even it fools you. It tricks you. 
You think you're doing okay, but the scriptures say, but really, you're actually being deceived by yourself. Wow. And so if you can't even read your own heart, you could actually take yourself to a place of destruction without even knowing that you were taking yourself there. See, you think you're going okay. You think you're doing all right. How do you gauge that? Where do you get your wisdom from? How do you protect yourself and guard against you going to a place that is not going to benefit your life? How do you, above all things, the most prominent thing that you should determine in your life, the thing that you should maximize yourself, God says, is that you should guard your own heart. You should do that. That is the major priority in your life. But how do you determine that? See, that's why the scriptures come and the scriptures give us ideas and ways and thoughts and it gives us actions and and words and languages that we should think and we should speak so that the scriptures give us the wisdom so that this can be our heart. This can be the way that we live. See, the scriptures give us this place so that we don't deceive ourselves into thinking we're right. It gives us an avenue where it helps us to think so that we can see what wisdom really is. So that, you know, when when someone else says to you, you know, don't go down there because the Word of God says this, that should be a warning sign to you that the Scriptures have something strong in them that tell you clearly that this is not right. This won't help. You know, what I like about God is that in the scriptures, there's different places where, where he, puts, uh, he puts value on something and then to, he values it so much that he'd put a guardian angel there to protect it. Uh, if you look in, even in, in, in the book of uh, Genesis, when man kind of like did evil, he sinned against God. And, and then God told him, you know what would be better? That you didn't stay in the Garden of Eden where, where perfection exists. And you are now long, no longer perfect. It would be better if you would go out of the garden and live out of the garden. And he says, so that man wouldn't get to see this place again. Uh, that God says that he put angels there to guard it. And to this day, no one has ever stepped back into the Garden of Eden. No one has ever done that. He put guardian angels over the entrance to the Garden of Eden so that man could not step back. And there there was such a high value of God's holiness and God's perfection in the garden that God knew that because man had sinned against him, man had so deceived himself to think that he could partake of the fruit, the very fruit that God said don't partake of, man did. He deceived himself that somehow he could be kind of like, be like God. That he became to such a place of deception that God said it'd be better that you were not in this place of perfection anymore, but that I would place you outside of the garden to live. And I will place guardians over this place of perfection just so that you could not enter into it again. Just so that you couldn't really kind of exists here, something that was for God's people that wanted to be perfect but never got that opportunity. I think it's God's grace that he kept man out of the garden. Man's deception, man's sin, man's degeneration in a place that was was fresh and, and perfect and beautiful. And we see that in, in the Old, Old Testament. We, we see even in the Old Testament, we see something like the Ark of the Covenant, which, which, which we had, you know, kind of like even if you, you read on the Ark of the Covenant and, and it talks about it in Deuteronomy, how God kind of like made these, this, these gold things of like these cherubims over the Ark of the, Gar- the Covenant. And in the Ark of the Covenant was the Ten Commandments, the tablets of stone. And in there, it's like protecting God's word. The holiness of God's word 
of what had been given to Moses on Mount Sinai. And here's God giving this kind of like this picture of, of protection, of guarding God's word. And the Ark of the Covenant was, was something that was to be valued. It was to be valued by, by Israel. And it wasn't to be lightly, kind of taken lightly. And we see here uh, in the Old Testament, you go through the Old Testament as they're crossing over into the promised land, that, that the Ark of the Covenant was to go first. This thing that had God's word in it, this holy thing that had God's holy written word in it that was given to Moses. And it was to, that there was a certain way and were a certain place that the people had to stand away from the Ark of the Covenant and as it crossed over and through to the river into the promised land. This, 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 this place of protection. And God even created a people, a tribe. You know, like, like the, the Kiwis, like the New Zealanders. He created this tribe and they were called the Levite priests. And the Levite priests, their job was to protect the Ark of the Covenant. That was their job. That they were to minister into the temple, in God's holy place. And not only that, but they were to protect the Ark of the Covenant. And they had to carry this Ark. And if they were to lose it, the people of, of, of Israel would go crazy and they lost it. A, number, a couple of times they lost it. And, and it was like craziness. You know, words quickly spread that, hey, the Levites have they've lost the Ark of the Covenant. What are they doing? For in some way they felt depowered. When they lost the Ark of the Covenant, they felt like, maybe like back in the Garden of Eden, the deception had taken them to a place of degeneration. And so they felt depowered because God, the thing that He wanted guarded, the things that, that He valued the most, He held so highly, somehow they had lost sight and they'd lost it. The, 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 the non-Israelite nations, the pagan nations, the nations that were not following God, that worshipped idols, somehow had stolen the very thing that was of value to God. I wonder if we're like that, that the, the very things at times that are so valuable to God in our lives, that we somehow lose sight and we lose the things that are valuable to God, because we didn't, above all things, guard our own hearts. We didn't guard our hearts. If you go, if you go to Proverbs chapter 4, and we'll go to the scriptures where he talks about it. In Proverbs chapter 4, and uh, we're in verse 20. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 through to verse uh, 23. And uh, we're going to read this. It's very uh, intentional. Very powerful verse, I believe. Very powerful piece of scripture in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 to 23. And uh, we've just dealt with, with the chapters before, and God's tried to deal with these guys in regards to that they should, uh, they should want wisdom. And he says, my child, that's you, that's me, pay attention to what I say. Prick your ears up here, tune your hearts in. Right now, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Take the sin. Don't lose sight of them. Okay? The Ark of the Covenant got lost and the people got depowered. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. For they bring life to those who find them and they bring healing to their whole body. They bring life and they bring healing. That's what God wants to do to you. He wants to bring you life, life you've never had. Life is something that grows and it feels that it has direction. It feels that it has purpose. It feels like it has something to live for. That's what life is. Life feels like it's living the life it was created to live. But not only does this thing, this word bring life, this wisdom bring life, it also says it brings healing to your whole body. It brings healing to your heart. It brings healing to your whole, whole life. See, God doesn't only want to give you a new life. He doesn't only want to make you know that you're born again into heaven, born again into the things of the kingdom of heaven. But he also wants to heal the things that are broken in your life. 
the issues that we all have to deal with day and night, the things that you've gone through that are now starting to affect you as you go into adulthood, that maybe you didn't see them as you were like a young child because you were under the protection of your mum and dad. But now as you grow up and some of these things start to mount or they start to surface, they start to come out and you start to see that, whoa, I'm not as good as I thought I was. I'm not as kind of like, kind of like a, 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 as full of life as I thought I was. And so God says that his word, his wisdom not only brings life, but his wisdom will also help heal you. Heal your whole body. He says, then he goes on to say, he says, let it penetrate your heart. He says to guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Be on your guard. More than anything else, the very thing that you have to protect is your heart. Because your heart will determine what you love. And if you let anything, whatever, whenever, if you let anything into your heart that is out there, you will fall in love with everything besides the things of God. See, the devil's game is that if he can infiltrate the world with many things, then the world can fall in love with many things besides God. And so God says that this is the the highest priority that you must guard. You must be prepared at any cost to guard what you're going to let into your life, what you're going to let into your soul, what you're going to let into your heart, what you're going to love. See, the things that you let into your heart are the things that your heart will love. Your heart is your desires. Your heart is your will. It chooses. It has a strong sense inside of you that says, this is what I will do. This is what I will choose. This is who I will love. And God says that a wise person, a wise young person, a wise adult, will, above anything else, will guard his heart to make sure that what he puts into his heart is the wisdom of God. Ask yourself this, where is it that you get your wisdom from? Do you get your wisdom from God or do you get them from just anything that's out there? Where do you get it from? See, in here, In the first three chapters, four chapters, God's talking about wisdom and where it comes from. Then the very first next chapter, he sets us up. If you you move off chapter four, you go into chapter five of Proverbs, the next thing that he starts to deal with is sexual immorality. Because God knows more than anything else that for a young person, it's the biggest pull away from God. A young person will look for love anywhere else but God. It's it's the beginnings of starting to to tune into their bodies. The testosterone or testosterone or whatever it's called, one of those. What is it called? Oh, there you go. See, you guys all know it. You've been thinking about it. Okay. It's going wild. You know, and you know, you laugh at that one too, because you know that your testosterone or testosterone or whatever it is, is going wild. Okay? It's going wild in your body. Because that's how God created it. And you're starting to, 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 in some ways, understand a little bit of your body. That's what you're trying to do. And so you're, you, you think your, your body's saying, I need, I need a partner. I need someone. I need to feel loved. And, and you do. You do. You need, you, you need a partner. That's a good thing. God's not saying it's wrong. God says it's a good thing. It's a great thing to get married. Get married. Get married. He says it's a good thing to, to get married and to get a partner. He, but, but the thing we've got to be careful of is, is that we think we're starting to get all these uh, nice, queasy little feelings. And, and so the first person that walks past us and we sniff their, their nice perfume, we think, ooh. I think I'm in love. No, you're in love with the perfume. 
you don't really know what love is yet. And so we start having all these kind of relational feelings because someone walked past us and they give us a little flicker. And the guy goes, well, I think she really likes me. That makes she just kind of wiggled her eyes at you to say hello. You know? And, or someone talked to you. And so we start going crazy at this young age. And so God starts saying to guard our hearts. And I just find it interesting that the first thing that he starts throwing at young people in chapter 5 and chapter 6 is this area of how they can easily slip into sexual immorality. It's the easiest thing. Straight after he says, you know, the best thing that you could do as a young person, and he says you should take this advice and you should listen to it carefully and you should dissect it and you should let it penetrate into your heart. He says that you should guard what comes into your heart. Guard what you're going to let come into your life. You should guard who you're going to let influence you. What are your influences? Who is it that you let speak directly into your life? Give you wisdom, give you advice. Do you guard what people you would let directly speak right into your life? Are you on your guard? God says this is the highest priority above all else. This is, this is more important than you trying to figure out your career. This is more important than you trying to figure out who you're going to marry. See, if you're on your guard to what you're letting into your life, if you're letting God speak wisdom and revelation and truth into your heart, you know what? You're going to know who you should marry. You're going to know how you should live. And so we need to be on our guard of what we're letting come into our lives. I wonder how many of us are really protecting what we're letting come in, what we're letting be a part of us. See, it's kind of funny, but you, you can see what's molding a person just by their very words, their very actions, the way they speak to you, the way they, 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 they talk, the way they speak, the way they walk the very direction of what, how they think. You can see what's molding their lives. You can see how they've let their guard down. And they've gone and done something else besides taking God's wisdom. You can see that. It's real clear. I mean, when you, see, when you, when you start looking at the Scriptures and you, you start discerning what is God's wisdom, you can see it as clear as anything else when someone else is not walking in God's wisdom. It's not hard. It's just so easy to see. And so you have to, 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 to make this choice today. Am I on my guard? Am I very selective of what I let into my life? I make choices every day. Every day. I don't just make choices on a yearly basis. I make choices on a, on a, on a daily basis of what words I will let affect me of what words I will let come into my life and speak into my heart, of what things I will let myself read, of what things that I will let myself be influenced by. I, I See, I want to be influenced by God's Word and nothing else. And I want to know the people that I let speak around me that will influence me greater towards God's kingdom. Now, there's people around me every day that aren't in that place. But I, what I will do is, is, is I will gauge, I will, I will make choices of whether I will take that to heart, what they say. Is that person really walking with God? Is that word really from God? Or is it just a word of themselves? See, the, the scriptures say that you should be on your guard. You should know when something is not of God and when something isn't of God. You should be able to discern that. And if you haven't discerned that yet, then you should get with someone so you know how to discern it. You should get with someone that is walking with God so you know how to discern it. God says this is the most important thing. Get everything else out of your mind. I don't care if you're going to be playing Oztag on, on, on Wednesday night or, or you're going to be going to school tomorrow or you've got work tomorrow. God says this, this is the most important priority. 
I put a value on the Ark of the Covenant, and I somehow made sure that it was protected to the most that I could. And God is saying here that your heart, what you desire, what you start to love, is the most important thing to you. And so you have to gauge how you'll let your heart be affected above all else. You should be on your guard of what you let in. And you should be on your guard of what you let out. The scriptures say that in the book of John. He says that, that out of the inner man, out of the inner man comes things like, uh, let me just read it. Yeah, I lost it. Had it before, but I've lost it. He says that out of the inner man come sexual immorality, come things like thieving, come things like murder, come things like adultery, come things like cheating. He says that out of the, that comes from the inner man. See, you should be on your guard of what you let out. Because what you start to let in, and if you let it penetrate into your heart, like he says in Proverbs, that will start coming out. You should be on your guard that you don't let things like get into you, that things that will start to destroy you, things like bitterness, things like jealousy, things like hate, things like division. God says that we should be on our guard to the point where we should work very hard at being unified. Work real hard at it. It's not easy. Most people would tell you in this room that if they've been married for a number of years, that they've had to work very hard at keeping their marriage alive. Not just vibrant, but alive. And, and it's the same with you. You have to keep work very hard at somehow building good relationships with those that are going to help determine a course of life that is going to be godly for you. I wonder how many of us work real hard at doing that, at putting ourselves in a place that is going to help us really go forward. How many of us work really hard about putting ourselves around the people that are going to help us the most spiritually? We work real hard at it. You, you could just say, well, it just happens when I come on Sunday. It doesn't just happen then. Let me tell you that now. It doesn't just happen that when you rock up on a Sunday, somehow you just become influenced over one day by all these people. You have to work hard at it. You know, when, when, when I uh, was first uh, involved with the group that helped start Bridgewater, uh, there was a group of us. And one of, the, one of the first things I thought of, I just thought, you know what? I've never planted a church before. Well, that's real interesting. And, you know, the guys that are doing it with me, they've never planted a church before either. And so I thought, you know, that, that's just kind of crazy that we would think we would know what we're doing. And so I just thought, you know, one of, one of, a couple of us just thought, well, why don't we go and talk to someone who's planted a church before? And we thought, wow, that's a good idea. So we picked someone who, who didn't just plant a church, but his church thrived and he'd been doing it for 25, 30 years. And, and the church didn't just survive, but it thrived. And so we went and we spent about two or three hours with this guy. And we just asked him every question that we could. And we just listened to him. And we just said, what shouldn't we do? Well, he had a list 100 pages long to tell us what we shouldn't do because of what he'd done wrong. But, you know, because I thought, you know what? I've got to work hard at putting myself into a place of wisdom. Over the, the number of years that, that we've gone along and, and, and we've kind of been doing life and, and, and planting a church and, and kind of trying to grow a church and, and see God uh, release people into the kingdom of heaven, there's been many a times where we've got to a point where I'm kind of like, you know, you're out the front all the time and you're going, okay, hey, follow me. I know what I'm doing. Not. Yeah, get real confident now. And, and, and so I'm going, you know what? I've never stepped over this bridge before. I've never been here. And so I've had to say, God, where do I walk now? How do I 
step forward right now? How do I lead people in such a way? How do I even lead myself in such a way? And so I've had to, in some ways, put myself in a place and talk to people that have done it. I've had to go out and find people that have been at the places I'm trying to navigate so that they could, with wisdom, saying, hey, mate, you know what? This is what you've got to watch out for. This is what you've got to do. This is where you've got to be careful. See, because what I want to put out is something that is of God. And I don't know about you, but I don't know how hard you're working to make sure that you're making the right steps. I mean, the people of Israel had never crossed the Jordan before. Never in their lives had they crossed the Jordan. And God was going to stop the waters. And they, they were going to have to walk. But God says, you know, I'm going to stop the waters and you're going to walk across the Jordan. But when you walk across the Jordan, I want you to walk in such a way that this is how you will do it. He says, I value the Ark of the Covenant because in there is the words of God and I value that. And so I want those people to walk first and I want you to walk so many steps behind it because really God's word is going before them. And see, it's the same with you. You've never walked across the Jordan before. You've never walked so far into the kingdom of heaven. So you've got to have to walk real hard and listen real carefully to those that are before you that have navigated God's course. They've been there. They've done it. And if you don't walk or work hard at that, I'm telling you what, you know what? You could get flooded and your heart could be so full of bitterness, disappointment, and brokenness that you won't know what hit you because you've never been there before. You're in a totally different world now. And the Word of God is saying that some of you need healing. Some of you need a new life. Some of you need this stuff because you haven't got it. You've never been there. And so some of you are going to have to make sure that you work hard at putting the right things into your life. Because if you don't guard your heart, you're going to put out some rubbish. You're going to put out cheating and lying, deception and disappointment, bitterness and anger, a lack of self-control in different situations. All those things could be put out if you're not on your guard. See, that this, is, this is the wisdom that God is trying to offer in these first few chapters of Proverbs. That's the wisdom. He, he's, try, he's, he's trying to stop you going down that path. He says this is priority number one. The other week I spoke on warnings. And I spoke about the warnings that the prophets gave to the children of Israel. Why did he have to give warnings to the the children of Israel? I'll tell you why. Because they never guarded their heart. He'd given them the wisdom, but they never guarded their heart. So they went down the wrong path, and then God had to warn them, turn back, turn back, turn back to wisdom. But they never did. Because they allowed their heart to be filled with the things that were not of God. And so therefore, came brokenness, came hurt, came deception. Their own heart deceiving them to thinking they were doing right. Therefore, came this area of, 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 of just bitterness and, and unforgiveness. Not able to love wholeheartedly, not able to love others, not able to love God. I, I, I just look at the picture of, of we look at Eli the priest in 1 Samuel. This, this man was a man of God, ministered at the temple or ministered in, in, in this, this area of the tabernacle, man of God. He, he watched over God's work, and he made sure that he served the people. He made sure that he watched over the Ark of the Covenant, and he went before the Lord with his prayers uh, for God and for his people. But then his children came up behind him. They weren't as wise as him. If anything, they did whatever they wanted. 
It says they, 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 they kind of abused the sacrifices in the temple. They didn't do it God's way. They didn't really listen to the wisdom that was being thrown out. And as they did that, the Ark of the Covenant got stolen. The very thing that was meant to be valued got taken away. If you don't guard your heart, the very thing that you should value, that you should hold of highest priority, your heart, your love, your desires, if you don't value that above all else, you will lose your heart to God. You will lose it will go away. It will shift away from loving God. And it will start to love everything else. God says that this determines the course of your life. Wow, that's strong, isn't it? That is real strong. When I, when I read the Proverbs, these things, these, see, these things jump at me. And when I read that, I think, I can't, I can't let this go past me here. Oh, I've got to bring this to the community. I've got to bring this to the congregation. God says that this will determine your life. See, that's why we need God's wisdom. Because if we don't guard our heart, we're going to go down a track we never thought we were going to go down. See, the thing is about, about knowing Jesus is that you're going to go down a track you don't know about anyway. That's why you've got to let dicta- God dictate your course. You're going down a track that only God knows. You can't really dictate. You cannot direct. God's got to do that. And so you've got to let his wisdom come in. You've got to guard yourself and let only what he wants you to bring in. But the reality is, the moment that you take your eyes off God, that you will go down another course that you don't know. And then other things just start slipping in. You walk away from God. You walk away from the love of God. You walk away into hurt. You go back into healing that you can never fix yourself. When is it that we let our guard down? Why is it that we let our guard down? It's because we just get slack. I don't know about you, but sometimes I think we just get, we get lazy. You've got to be on your guard. You know, I'm sure if I was in the army and, and someone said to me, you know, this is, you know, where all the soldiers are, guard this room because the other enemy are going to attack. I, I think I'd, I'd be sitting there with such an intensity that if I saw a fly pass, fly, fly past me, I'd shoot it. You know, I mean, you, could you imagine? Okay, you're, you're now... You're now in Iraq, okay? You're in Iraq, and, and there's kind of like, there's an enemy out there, okay? And in here is all our people, and we're guarding this because this is really the main frame of where we function from. So you and my mate, we want you to stand outside, and we want you to guard this place. Hey, but watch out for terrorists, will ya? They walk past and just blow up in front of you, you know? I mean, you wouldn't be just like, oh, yeah, yeah, what a day. Hey, nice day, Jim. I mean, you, anything that moved, you'd be like, you know what I mean? You'd be so kind of like intense and on your guard and, and you'd, be, you'd be like shaking, you know? And the first, you, anyone you would see that would be just wanting to walk past. Is that a terrorist? What is that? You know what I mean? Who is this guy? You, 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 you wouldn't be just all relaxed. Well, here comes some kind of... Jim Joe just walking down the road, he's just going to walk past. Or someone's just parked their car in front of us. Oh. No, you'd be like, get out of the car, mate. What are you doing in the car? You, know, you, you, would, you would be so on your guard. There'd be a, such a different person about you. But you know what? Well, I find because we're, we're kind of, we don't feel like we're in, in that kind of intensity of battle that we're too relaxed. We're, we're just like, oh, it's all fine. We're all happy. We're all just doing whatever it takes to live in this day and age. And there's, there's, there's not an intensity where God says, he says, be on your guard. Just go and look at the Ark of the Covenant and how God gave it to them and how easily they just let it slip away. The very thing God valued, the very thing God values in your life is what you let into your heart and what you let love you and you love it. God says that determines the whole course of your life. 
You know, if you go off and you live a life addicted to sexual pornography, is that, that's because that's what you let into your life. If you go off and, and, and you become bitter and hate someone, is that's because that's what you let into your life. You were never on your guard that this was now coming into my life, and now how do I forgive, and how do I move on and just keep loving? If you go down a path where you are forever broken and disgruntled with your family, and you never want to see them, and you never want to be a part of them, that's because that's what you let into your life. See, we could all be disgruntled. We could all be discouraged and never want to see our family again. I could be like that. There's no big deal there. I've had my parents swear at me. I've had my brothers fight for me, fight against me. I've had them tell, them, tell me that I'm a thief because I asked for some money that he owed me. We've had all that. I've, I've, had, I've had beatings. I, I didn't believe that I, should, I deserved because it was my brother's fault. It was never mine. But, you know, we could all get discouraged. But I, you know what I don't hate? My family. I love my family. As, as, as people, we could all go down that path. But God says, you know what? His word heals. And it does. He doesn't say that it just heals, but it gives life. And it does. It gives you something you don't have now. He says, but you know what? You have to guard it. You have to guard your heart. Because the reality is, your life could go down another track of brokenness. And, and I believe that, that there's not enough, there's not enough revelation that we are in this intense battle. And that we have to be ready for anything that comes our way. God speaks against idleness. God speaks against distractions. God speaks against Christian drudgery. You know what that is? Drudgery is when you spiritually think you're doing the same thing every day and you start getting into a bit of a routine of it and you start to to kind of go moan and groan against it, and you start to lose your servant heart. You no longer want to serve, but you start to just find things are a little bit of a drudgery. They're just a little bit routine. We could all go there. We could all be like that. You know, if I was to be real honest with you, it gets a bit like that in the school sometimes. Oh, another class. Yeah, okay, do you guys want to know God? No? Oh, cool, shut down and shut up. You could do that. But you know, you, you, you don't. You just go, okay, I've got to be on my gut. I've got to be playing the game here. I've got to get in and I've got to fight for a soul. Souls aren't just jumping out to me and saying, hey, scripture teacher, welcome back. Well, we all want to know Jesus today. And welcome to our class. You know, I just haven't found the class like that yet. You know? You know, if I find... I'm going into the class, and for the first 10 minutes, I'm going, you shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Who wants to know Jesus? What? What'd you say, mate? Who wants? You, you, gotta, you see, you, you, you're, you're in this battle. And so you don't let the drudgery get to you of the routine, but you say, you know what, God? You know what? I, I think I'm fighting for a soul here. I don't think they want you, so somehow, God, I've got to bring the presence of you into the classroom, and I've got to release your power, and I want to let them know that you're real. Amen? And so that's where we go. We don't get into the drudgery of, hey, I'm just doing the same old Christian thing. I say, know what? God speaks when men are in front of you, and I speak the word of God, and God's power and spirit works. That overcomes the drudgery, because God's word says it. And when someone sparks up, I go, whoa, it worked. Someone listened and God spoke. And the value of his heart is slowly changing towards God. But I was on my guard. I was ready to fight. And I wasn't ready to just sit back 
and saying, it's not working. I can't do this anymore. I'm over it. Because God says, if anything else, when he says, be on your guard, he means you're in a battle. And I, I don't know about you, but it's too easy, far too easy to give up. And then something else determines your whole life, the course of your life. And we just give up and we just move on and God just becomes a faint noise in the distance. I don't know if you've given up. I don't know if you've been discouraged, if you've let, taken your guard down, you've let your guard down and you're now discouraged, you're down, you're desperate, you're kind of in a degenerative state, I've slowly been depressed that God is not real anymore. But you know, if that's you, then I want to offer the other course of what God says. He says, for you, there's healing, and for you, there's life. There's something more than what you're going through right now. And if that's you, then there's healing for you tonight. And right now, I'm going to pray, and I want you to pray with me. And if you're in that place tonight where you feel, you know what, I'm down. I'm down. I'm desperate. I feel like my soul is just sunk. I've let my guard down. Drudgery has slipped in. I'm no longer dependent on God. You know, I want you to just pray tonight. Let's just pray. God, Jesus, we want to we want to hear from you tonight. We want to guard our hearts. We want to make sure that what we put in is something that's of value. And so tonight, God, I ask if there's anyone in this house that is feeling like, God, you know what? They've just let their guard down and they've let other things slip in. They haven't really got into the intenseness of the battle, but they've just let Satan win. Father, if that's someone here tonight, I pray that they would just pray for a releasing of your power and a receiving of your spirit right now. That they would just receive your spirit. They would receive, they would ask for forgiveness. They would ask for forgiveness and they would ask for healing tonight. They would ask for healing and they would not only just ask for healing, but that they would ask for life. If that was you tonight, you know, I want you, if you really want to deal with this, I want you to make a commitment in your soul tonight. I want you to make sure that after the service, you do something about it 